Nothing at all. That's Rodney Crowell with Jeff Tweedy at The Loft in Chicago. The Wilco frontman has produced Rodney's new album, which is titled, appropriately enough, The Chicago Sessions. We found Rodney at home in Nashville, where he tells us how this Tweedy-Crowell collaboration came about. I was driving home in my car late, you know, in a, late, and it's one of those nights where nobody's on the road, headlights, you know, on the road, you and I listened to public radio, national public radio, and, and Jeff came on with his song, I Don't Know How It Feels to Not Be Loved. And I was I was hypnotized by it. I thought it was gorgeous, right. lovely, lovely, unassuming, unpretentious recording. And that, uh, I don't know, six months later, I don't know how much longer, we were both on <clears throat> the Cayamo Cruise, a songwriter cruise, a ship goes out of out of Florida and we play music for our songs for people. Sure. So, so I saw him across the way. I went and I said, man, I love your your warm record. I've worn it out. I've, I've listened to it, you know, intimately. Yeah. And he said, oh, man, thank you. He said, why don't you come up to Chicago and record sometime? And I, I took it as just a nice gesture. Sure. You know, guy, guy being friendly and but time went by, and and my daughter, my next youngest daughter, got wind of it, and uh, and she said, you know, Dad, Jeff Tweedy invited you to record at his, you know, at his studio, and I said, you know, really, I figured he was just being nice. I said, but it's been a long time fantasy of mine to record in Chicago. It's like Chuck Berry and Howlin' Wolf, Muddy Waters. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, it's like yeah, it's like. It, it's it's a bucket list thing that I haven't done yet. And she said, get your management to call his management. I said, well, okay. And next thing you know, I'm up in Chicago making a record. With there you go. So, I mean, that's really, it was that organic. It was, I, I was unassuming. And I think Jeff was just been nice. But when it came around the idea of doing it, everybody thought it was a great idea. Yeah, yeah, it is. So when you when you're thinking about doing that and setting it up, do you have any kind of preconceived ideas in your head of, musically of how this is going to work and what's going to happen, or do you kind of just wait and see? Wait and see. But I had it was post COVID lockdown. Yeah. So I had written a a lot of songs right here in my studio where I am, and uh, I sent Jeff twenty songs, and. Uh, he sent me back his favorite. He said, let's record these. And I said, all right, but let's bump. I got an idea for a song. Let's write it together. And we wrote uh, everything at once together. And then when I got to Chicago, it was or just before I got there, I called Jeff and I said, hey, I've always wanted to record this Towns Van Zandt song ever since he, he first played it for me in 1972. Right. And, uh, and Jeff said, yeah. He said, we can't go wrong with the Towns Van Zandt. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so that's how easy it was. Yeah. And uh, and then when I got up there, I brought some of my musicians, and he introduced me to some of his musicians. And we started recording live. Everything on that record is live. Um, it's just what we played. I mean, we uh, we 
overdub some background vocals and that's it. Everything else is exactly what we played. I every every note I sang on it is live. So it's a my kind of record. Right, right, right. Cool. So, so take me. I've heard about the loft. Obviously, I've never been there in Chicago. The the uh, Wilco headquarters. What's it like in there? What's the vibe for a musician coming in out of the cold? Vent, vintage is, instruments. I don't know. Probably Jeff. He didn't even have them all out. There were easily a hundred guitars for me to choose from. Oh, I, took, I took a couple of mine with me. I mean, I I I I had gone up there before we went, we recorded just to get the feel for the place. I brought a couple of guitars, but I wound up playing all of his guitars. Right. Uh, the uh, uh, and twenty drum kits, every every vintage bass guitar that you could want. P bass, jazz bass, Hoffner's are there, and just a wall of small watt amplifiers that sounds so good. And uh, my boy Jeff, uh, Jed Hughes is an Aussie yep. who, who works with me a lot. He, he was a guitar player on the session. He, big Wilco fan, so he was in heaven. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and Kathleen. Mark's my piano player. There's there was four pianos for her to choose from, right. so it's a it's a warehouse full of vintage instruments. And then, uh, man, Tom Schick, the engineer. I walked in and and I'm sitting down. And he puts a, a SM7 sure microphone on my voice, which is in Nashville, be on a kick drum or something, right? And and uh, and across the way there's some vintage Neumann. There's like a a 251 and a, a vintage Neumann 47 vocal that in Nashville would be on on a vocal. Yeah, yeah. And I and I I said, hey Tom, I said you got this SM7 on me. What are you going to do with those those two mics over there? He said, well, I'm going to put one on your guitar and one on the drum. And I said, why aren't you going to put it on my vocal? And he said, because the guitar amp is six feet away from where you are. Ah. And this SM7 will will get just the right amount of bleed from it. And he was right. I mean, <laughs> it's, and everything in the room, Tom Schick knows how to use that room, knows how to, to, most of the time, he just turns the volume off on the playback monitors and listens to what everybody's playing in the room. Right. And EQs that way, because he knows that room so well. And there you go. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> You're supposed to be feeling good. We worked on that for two or three hours. But on the rest of the songs, uh, we had them in four takes at the most. Nice, nice. Now, you mentioned Jed Hughes. I see you just released uh, Loving You is the Only Way to Fly, which is a kind of co-write you've done together with him. So do you have anything yeah. you'd like to illuminate us about with that, that track? Well, I, I, he and uh, Sarah Buxton and I wrote it. And right. Sarah, Sarah sings on the record with me. Actually, I just produced a record on Jed where he does a version of it too. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, well, I, old school, man. It's like, it's a good song. We can both, <laughs> we can both record it. Um, 
they Sarah and Jed had worked out a slow, like a Everly Brothers slow version of it, and I felt it mid tempo, which is kind of where we are with the mid tempo. It's kind of Everly Brothers mid tempo, and that one was that was a delight to record. That it happens so easy. I think it was two takes on that one. Right. You know, we were just playing music as well. Songs were good, and we were just playing music. You know, the, yeah. it's, no, not, the, it's not rocket science. <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't be, no. It shouldn't sound like it, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I see it opens up with the, the album opens with a tune called Lucky, which has this kind of barrel house piano kind of kicking things off. Why is that at the beginning of the record for you? How many times have I heard myself say if I hadn't got lucky, if I hadn't had you on my side, I wouldn't be standing here today. Jeff liked that piano. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that was, you know, Jeff said, I want to open the album with this. And I said, yeah, but... Uh, yeah, okay. I had another one in mind. That, and he said, no, we got to start with this. I said, okay, you got it. And very much we discussed that as all the musicians were playing on it. Jeff's son, uh, Spencer, was a drummer on that track. Ah, cool. And, and, we, and I, said, I said, Spencer, I said, how would Levon play this one? And then, which broke out, and and he had that gleam in his eye, and he said, "Those are the right words." And then we started talking about, "Hey, let's 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 record this the way the band would record." I can't believe you said that because in my notes here, I've got Barrel House Piano slash the band next yeah. to that song. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, that's that's, that's it. how it, that's how it came about. It when I wrote <laughs> the song, when I wrote it, I kind of had. Uh, it wasn't why I wrote the song, but I, I had oh, the Brown album, you know, the, oh, yeah. the band the Brown album. It's like Cripple Creek or something like that is it, that that kind of halftime country rock and roll. Did you spend much time with the guys in the band over the years? At one point, at one point, I was going up there when when Levon was having his his uh Forget what he called it now. He had a, a Levon's rave ups out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went his a barn, yeah. And uh, you know, at one point I was going to go write some songs with him, but the guys wound up blowing all their money before they ever got around to writing songs that they had, and they didn't. <laughs> they didn't make that record. But I, I spent a lot of time with Rick, um, thinking that that was what we were going to do, but it didn't come to pass. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> I know his daughter Amy is doing pretty well, isn't she, Amy Helm? Yeah, yeah, I know Amy. I know Amy well, and I love Amy, and and uh, she's a good one. She's twenty four karat that girl. <laughs> and I see you got a tune called "Oh Miss Claudia," which I I have to assume is written about your wife. <laughs> it is, as is Lucky. <laughs> Very good. I, as as is the big hit I wrote that kid that Keith Urban sang about making memories of us. I have good luck writing songs about my wife. But I will, you know, it's credit should go where it's due. There was, oh, Miss Claudio, there's an R.L. Burnside record that I had where he's doing this this song called, 
Oh, Miss Maybell, let me be your jumping frog. I drank muddy water, sleep in a hollow log. <laughs> and I wore it out listening to it. And and I, one day I was, I was just playing a kind of country blues on the guitar. Oh, Miss Clay. I said, Oh, I got it. I got to do what R.L. Burnside did. <laughs> and and it was it was Claudia's birthday. So Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. That's a good birthday. A little Lottie, Miss Claudie. <laughs> And I uh, speaking of birthdays, I, I think Emmy Lou just had a birthday a couple of days ago. Yeah, nice, she did. In touch yeah. with each other. Often. Yeah, we went. We went to a baseball game. Oh, which one? <laughs> uh, the Nash, Nashville Sounds, minor, a minor league baseball game. A bunch of us, you know, friend, a friends celebrated her birthday at a baseball game. That's pretty cool. I, I they put it. they put a, they put her name up on the you know Happy Birthday Emmy Lou on the scoreboard. That was sweet. Right. And right. Now she and. She and I are headed out to Chicago to to Los Angeles to to be on Willie's 90th birthday. Of course you celebration. are celebration. So you wouldn't uh, miss that, would you? No, can't do it. No, can't do. It. That's a that's a once in a lifetime. Yeah, then I, then I start a tour. Yeah, yeah. I see. You're, yeah, you start out in on West Coast or East Coast rather in New York, I think, and then off to Chicago. So what yeah. what what can folks expect from the, obviously tunes from this album? Who's who you playing with? What you got planned? Yeah, I got uh, some of my band from a couple of a year or so ago, and uh, met this really cool drummer and and bass player, this rhythm section. But there's uh, Rob Ox and Trey Hensley, are are a group, and they're going to be opening the show, and they're going to be joining my band and playing with us. They're really unmercifully good musicians. <laughs> okay. They can play, boy. Those boys can play and sing. So we're gonna have some fun. We're, it, you know, they're they're kind of post newgrass revival. You know, kind of bluegrassers. Rob is just about, I mean, is a genius on the dobro and lap steel. And Trey is one of those, I don't know how you do it, flat pickers. <laughs> so so we're gonna we're gonna make some music. Cool. And so is your motivation for live performance different now that you're in your 70s than when back in the 70s when you were kind of just starting out? Or is, does the same thing move you? Yeah, no, no. I, it's a lot different now. It's back in the 70s when I was just starting out, I was trying to make a name for myself. Right. So I was swinging too hard. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's like I... I I have this opportunity to play with really, really great musicians. And what we can do together is the most important thing to me is like, hey, I have my fan base. The audience has come to see me. I pick up a few now and again with every new record. It grows a little bit. I can go out and work. Yep. And and I have a loyal fan base who will come. They don't expect me to play all the oldies. and right. They're interested in what's new, and and what I get to do is play with really, really gorgeous musicians, and it's a gift to go on stage with them. And so I I, I get to a lot of kicks from putting music on for the audience. Like I always tell the people that work with me in the band, I say, go on, step out there. I said, if you if you get a standing ovation with what you do. It looks good for me. Right. Yeah. 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 It, it's it's like, hey, this is my show, and I'm giving this to the people, and I want you 
to get all you can out of it. And the musicians respond to that. Yeah. So that's what I learned. It's like I'm not I'm not going out there trying to make a name for myself. I'm going out there trying to entertain people with really great musicians. Cool. Now we talked about the first song on the album. The the final track is called Ready to Move On and seems to have a message behind it. Uh, maybe you can elaborate if you don't mind. Yeah, well, I mean, surely you felt that way. It's like leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I spoke to a gentleman earlier and he was like there is a message. He said, I hope the message is not what I think it is that you're hanging them up. And I said, no, it's like, it's a, I mean, there's a message in the uh, dichotomy of, you know, it's, there's no right, no wrong, no left, no right. All of, it's like, it's all one thing, but you know, I'm tired of the bone. I want to be left alone to stay home and read Don Quixote by the fire. Right. That's just something that just rolled out of my mouth. And and that's how writing is. It's like I wasn't trying to make a point that I'm tired and going to quit. No. It's like, I mean, there's plenty of nights when I'm just like, man, I'm knackered. I'm out of here. I'm going to bed. Right. It's You know, it's like yeah. you guys can stay up if you want to, but I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> now, have you played much down in this part of the world and in- Australia, New Zealand. It's it's been a while. It's been a while. I I would say, you know, Emmy Lou and I did a pretty extensive tour back in 2016, 15, 16. Right. When we had, when, that one. Probably that one, or maybe the second one. I'm not sure. We made two. Yeah. Um, and before that, I had been down there. Uh, with with Will Kimbrough as a duo, but you know, I have a history. Of of having Aussie guitar players from Jed Hughes. That's right, Jedson Aussie. And J- Joe Robinson was on road on the on tour with me for three years playing. And Joe Robinson was one of those guys where I would say, Joe, you go out there and do what you do. Yeah. And he he would go out to the edge of the stage and play <laughs> that guitar like only Joe can play. And it and it's like people would be their mouths would be hanging open. Right. He's so natural and so sweet. Such a great guy, but but knows who he is. I don't, I don't remember. I think he grew up around Brisbane and and Jed, I think his corn is where Jed is from, like north of Adelaide. Right. But man, those Aussie guitar players that work with me, they are a blast to work with. And I'll tell you why, because it's like they all grew up lean, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like dodging brown snakes and, and spiders. So, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, the hotel room not being ready for us to check in didn't bother them at all. Right. Yeah. They've got you it. know, it's, they're tough. They're, you know, coming from the <laughs> outback. It's like these guys are a blast to work with. I love them. Very cool. All right. Well, hopefully you'll get down here again sometime in the near future. We'd love to hear these I, songs so, in, I, on the stage. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. My my, I'm I'm committed to my father-in-law who wants to go to Australia so bad and and New Zealand, and he says if you go, I'm going yep. with you. Yeah. So so I told him if I'm going, you're going with me. So and no spiders or snakes in New Zealand, so you're all good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> good. We'll start there. <laughs> Very good. All righty. Well, thank you so much for spending time talking to me. Really appreciate it. Good luck with the record. I know it'll go well because it's a beautiful piece of work and. You and Jeff yeah. Tweedy together is a beautiful thing. 
It's a good thing, yes. Well, stay well, my friend. Thank you very much.